Hello, my name is Lanny Lancaster, and I'm the senior pastor here at Central United Methodist Church. We share the sermon with you to help you connect with God and with others. We also want to invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 845 for our contemporary service with live praise band and 11 for our traditional service with choir. Thanks, and may the peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you. Good morning, church. Was that not beautiful? Amen. Amen. Today we're going to be talking about using our gifts. And did you know that every single Christian has at least one gift, one spiritual gift for the work of the church? Let's think about that today as we pray. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds today by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. That as your scriptures are read, and as your word is proclaimed, we may respond with lives of joyful obedience to what you would teach us today. For this we ask in the name of Jesus the Christ, and let all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Every single follower of Jesus has spiritual gifts, at least one. And in that video we saw many people gathered together using their musical gifts in the handbell choir to make a beautiful sound, right? We saw James directing them using his gifts of leadership and music. And guess what? Matt Tiller made that video. So he used his gifts of videography to share with the church. I want, I want you to see a few pictures here uh, from our special needs bingo party yesterday. The first one you'll see here, somebody made this banner. I'm going to tell you, if I'd had it done that, it would have taken me 365 days or more. Let's see the next picture here. We see folks welcoming people, signing them in, the gift of hospitality. On the next slide, you'll see isn't this incredible? Now, if you'd given me all these veggies and said, put them out there to serve everybody, I probably would have just dumped them out on a, you know, on a flat surface. But somebody said, you know what? I can make something beautiful out of this. And they did. They, I would have never been able to arrange those veggies like that. And then the next slide we'll see is a diagram that tells us about our life in Christ, how we all use these gifts together for the building up of the body of Christ. What you see on the screen is our, our vision statement. Connect with God, connect with each other, and connect with the community. And all of this is our life in Christ. And in all of this process, in this kind of way of living, we share our gifts together here at Central. I just want to uh, take a moment if and recognize the folks, if you helped with the special needs bingo party yesterday in any way, would you stand at this time? Go ahead, it's okay. Let's show our appreciation to these folks. What we just did is a wonderful practice as a church, to thank each other for the ways we serve Christ and the ways we serve each other. It's such a gift 
to see the wondrous gifts here at Central and to see how they are used for building up the body of Christ. This coming week, there will be a couple of team meetings. One is the nurture team. That's the group of the church that tries to make sure that we're all learning more about Jesus and growing in our faith. Another meeting that's going to happen of a team is the scholarship committee. Maybe you, maybe you didn't know that here at our church we have a scholarship where we help young people go to college. And the people who will facilitate those meetings have the gift of leadership, a wonderful gift that is so needed in the church. All of this, all of these gifts, and these are just a few that I mentioned, are here to help us connect with God, connect with each other, and connect with the community. Every single follower of Jesus has at least one spiritual gift. I was reminded of this in a powerful way years ago. I was visiting a dear member of our church, a church I used to serve years ago, and she was an a, a elderly member of our church, 90 years old. She was in a nursing home, and she was almost completely physically handicapped. She was bedridden. Her, her hands were drawn up like this. That, that she, just, she couldn't move her hands. She had a hard time speaking. She couldn't move out of the bed on her own. And, and you know, when you would visit her, you would, you would feel so much pity and sympathy for her. But one of the things she would always say to me when I visited was that she prayed for the church every single day. And I thought, wow. You know, here, here's this woman that's, Physically, we would look at her and say, there's probably nothing she can do to serve in the church. We, you know, but there she is praying every single day for the church. What a powerful spiritual gift. She had the gift of prayer. And she used it every single day to build up the church. So let me tell you, when I, when I encountered her and just this beautiful gift that she shared out of love for the church, I was reminded... Every single Christian has at least one spiritual gift. These gifts are not here just to sit on a shelf. They are meant to be used to help the church fulfill its mission. So let's hear what the Word of God has to say to us about spiritual gifts from 1 Corinthians 12. From 1 Corinthians 12. And the Apostle Paul, the leader in the early church, was writing this letter to the Christians in Corinth and advising them about how to use their spiritual gifts. He says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates them, all of them, in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. 
To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the discernment of spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Indeed, the body... The body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, The members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But this is what I want you to do. Strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. God. Every single Christian has at least one spiritual gift 
In the scripture for today, the Apostle Paul is trying to correct a misunderstanding that was happening in the Corinthian church. And the misunderstanding, the first misunderstanding was the belief that only preachers were truly spiritually gifted. The other was the belief that this one gift of speaking in tongues was the most important gift. And all the rest were kind of below that. Paul was correcting these beliefs to, to show the Corinthians that all the gifts of the Spirit matter. No matter what your spiritual gift is, it matters in the life of the church. You know, misunderstandings about spiritual gifts still are around in the church. Some think that only pastors, teachers, and musicians have spiritual gifts. In other words, the people that are kind of out front here, out in the visible realm, out in front of the rest of the church, these are important gifts, but that's simply not the case that they're the only important gifts. All the gifts of the Spirit are important. All are needed to keep the church going. And there's a wide variety of gifts. And every single Christian has at least one spiritual gift. Why don't you turn to your neighbor now and tell them, the Spirit is moving you to use your gifts. This scripture lets us know that we've all been moved by the Spirit. We've all been given gifts. And we've all been moved to use those gifts. How do we know that? Well, Paul says very clearly, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So let's say Jesus is Lord together. Jesus is Lord. See there? If you said that and you meant it, then you have spiritual gifts. And you are moved by the Spirit to use them. Now, just as you said that, it's a sign of the Spirit moving within you. That's where it all starts, this confession that Jesus is Lord. It is the sign of the Spirit. It is the first call of the Spirit. It is the first gift of the Spirit to be able to say, Jesus is Lord. It's the doorway to using all the other gifts of the Spirit. So if you don't think you have any gifts or talents or abilities to use for God, you're mistaken. Because if you confess Jesus as Lord, you most certainly do. A spiritual gift is any God-given talent or ability to serve. And that's the purpose of all the gifts, to build up the body of Christ, to do and help the mission go forward. Now here's just a starter list that Paul gave us in the scripture today. It's not all the spiritual gifts. But I want to point out a few of them. The first one I want to point out is service. Now there's a lot of people who don't think they have any special talents or gifts or abilities. But this gift is an incredible gift. And it's a gift that Sometimes people have this gift if they don't think they have any gifts. If they don't think they have any talents. Sometimes they really have this gift. Being able to work with your hands, whether it be to set up chairs and tables at church, 
work on a building team, knit a prayer shawl, prepare a meal, gather cans of food for the hungry, repair something, help someone in need, or many other types of service are, are shown by this gift. Look around this room right now. You see all these chairs set up and such a beautiful pattern. Makes great use of our space. Somebody set these chairs up. Anybody in here help set these chairs up? Go ahead. It's okay. Thank you. Let's give them a hand. I could point out a hundred other things just in this room that people with the gifts of service have done for us to help us worship and gather here. The church always needs people with the gift of service. Another spiritual gift is the gift of giving. And what that means is some people have such a generous heart that they just give very freely of their financial resources with the church and in missions. Some people have this gift and it's a beautiful gift. And the thing about this gift is it's not the amount that is given. It's is it a sacrifice for that person to give in this kind of way? And some people have that gift. They're just more than willing to give sacrificially to support the church financially. How about the gift of healing? Do you feel called to visit people who are sick? Do you feel called to pick up the phone, call them, and pray for them? Are you called to be a doctor, nurse, or other health care worker? Maybe you're already working in that. Then you probably have the gift of healing. Sometimes we're, we're tempted to think that the gift of healing is, is only, you know, like maybe you've turned on the television and seen a televangelist, you know, whack somebody on the head and they get up and say, I'm healed. Well, that's not the only kind of gift of healing. In fact, most of the gifts of healing are not expressed in that way. They're expressed very simply by people praying for those who are sick, visiting them, or being a health care worker. Beautiful gifts of healing. How about the gift of leadership? People that are willing to, to stand up and, and gather groups of people in the church and mobilize them for the mission. People that can lead meetings or, or team gatherings to accomplish something for the church. Lord have mercy, I'm so thankful that we have so many people with this gift of leadership here at Central that are willing to use it. The gift of discernment is the ability to know God's wishes and message in a particular situation. To be able to know, hey, this is what I think God wants us to do here. The gift of prophecy is the spiritual gift, not so much about telling the future, but about speaking God's word with power and clarity. These are just a few of the spiritual gifts. I love, too, that Paul even names faith as a spiritual gift. That might be a little confusing to us. We might say, well, don't all Christians have the gift of faith? Yes, it's true that we do, but some people have an extra measure. Have you ever noticed that person that we might be in a difficult situation and, and it might be a, a little discouraging and all of a sudden somebody speaks up and says, hey, we can do this. I know that God is able. And maybe that's with a small group of people. Maybe it's even on a national level that somebody says, hey, God is able. God is going to see us through. That person has the gift of faith. 
Then God, uh, Paul speaks about this gift of speaking in tongues that may be fam- unfamiliar to a lot of us. What that is, is is a prayer language, an unknown language that some people feel moved to speak in times of prayer or worship. There's a lot of different spiritual gifts, and this is not all of them. We could, we could probably name at least 20 more just off the top of our heads today if we thought about it. But I want you to know that if you said Jesus is Lord a few moments ago and you meant it, then you have at least one spiritual gift. And the Spirit is moving you to use it for the work of the church. None of these gifts are meant to brag, to to build up the individual person. They're meant to build up the church for the worldwide mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ. No one can boast or act as if their gift is better than anyone else's because they all come from God. But listen to this. No one can look down on themselves either and say, I don't really have any talents or gifts. I don't really know that I can contribute anything to the life of the church. Every Christian has something to offer the church. Have you noticed that around Central? I mean, it's just it's so fun to me to look around and notice just all the gifts working, all the people working and using their gifts together. Paul emphasized this, that every person matters by this illustration of the body. And I want to add a little bit to that. Have you ever thought about your pinky toe? I mean, it seems kind of worthless, doesn't it? It's just a tiny little piece of skin, a little bit of bone in there. I mean, we don't walk around most days thinking, I just hope my pinky toe is on today, right? But let me tell you something. You get up in the middle of the night, and you hit that pinky toe on the side of your bed or on a table or something, and you're going to have at least one week where you remember how important your pinky toe is. Amen? Amen. That's how it works. Every single person in the body of Christ is important, even the ones that maybe don't seem or feel important. Every single one of us is important. And the most important thing about your spiritual gifts, your talents and abilities, is not what they are, but this, are you willing to use them? Are you willing to use them? Have you ever seen anybody that was just incredibly gifted, but they really didn't do anything with it? It's a sad thing. Because like I said, our spiritual gifts are not supposed to be on the shelf. They're supposed to be working, being used. So we could have all the gifts in the world, but if we don't use them, then they are kind of worthless. If you're unsure what your spiritual gifts are today, Here's one of the best ways to figure it out. Think about what energizes you, what interests you. What do you notice in the church and in the community? What do you have a passion for? What kind of needs do you notice in the church and in the community? Sometimes people come to me and they say, you know, something like, gosh, we really need to be doing this, 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 and this in the church. And I'll say, you know what? It sounds like God is calling you to that. (laughs) Really? If we we notice a need, that could be a call from God. 
Because somebody else might not notice that need. It could be the Holy Spirit stirring in you. What energizes you? What ignites your passion? Service? Music? Leadership? What needs do you notice in the church or in the community? They may be the call of Christ in your life. So I want you to practice that this week. I want to invite you to think about that. If you already know what your spiritual gifts are and you're using them, then I invite you to spend some time thanking God for that. Say, God, I, I want to thank you for giving me this, these gifts and thank you for showing me the ways I can use them because all those gifts come from God. If you're unsure, again, I just want to invite you to notice what interests you, what energizes you. What are the needs you see in our church or in our community? Another way you can kind of discern your spiritual gifts is maybe go to a loved one and, or a friend and say, what do you see in me? What kind of gifts do you see in me? It's kind of embarrassing, I know, but you might find out something you weren't seeing in yourself. Every single one of us has spiritual gifts for the work and the mission of the church. So how will we respond to the Spirit moving us this week to use those gifts? Every single one of us has at least one spiritual gift for the work of the church.